the Korean Thrive Podcast, episode 171. Eight reasons your traffic isn't converting to sales. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name's Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010, and since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers, just like you, create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. Hey there, Thrivers. Jess here. Welcome to this solo show of the Create and Thrive podcast. I'm here today to talk about an eternal problem that many of us face, and that is we are getting sales. We're Sorry, we're getting traffic, but we're not getting the sales we would like to see from that traffic. Why is that? Why are people looking but not buying from us? That is what I'm going to be talking about in this episode. Uh, I am currently madly dashing around getting ready for my overseas trip. So I am heading to Hawaii and Canada for six weeks very, very soon. If you want to see the behind the scenes of that, make sure to follow me on Instagram at create and thrive. They'll be snorkeling and hiking in Hawaii, visiting family. I'll get to meet my niece and nephew for the first time in Canada. Uh, Nick's brother and his family live there. And I'm also going skiing. So we're going skiing in Whistler for about 10 days. So that's going to be awesome fun. I can't wait to see the snow again. Living in the subtropics, snow is extremely exciting to me. (laughs) So I'm really, really looking forward to that. Before we get into this episode, I just want to know if you have accessed my free video workshop yet, 10 Essential Keys to Successfully Sell Handmade Products Online. It's over on my website. All you need to do is go on over to createandthrive.com forward slash 10. That's one zero. So createandthrive.com slash one zero. And you'll get free access to this workshop. And in it, it's a video workshop where I go through the 10 essential keys that I believe you need to unlock the door to successfully sell your handmade products online, which I have been doing myself since 2008 and full-time since 2010 and do to this day. Although not while we're away, we do have the shop shut (laughs) because yeah, you can keep them open for a week or so, but not six weeks. So we're shutting the shops. I think we've already shut them as of my recording this uh, so we can head off and enjoy our holiday. But of course, I'm still going to be here every week with a new episode of the podcast for you uh, throughout my trip. So never fear. I am not going anywhere. So today let's get into this topic. So The first thing to know about this before you make any decisions, you need to know your conversion rate. So your conversion rate is how many of the people looking at your shop are buying from your shop. So when you're looking at this number, it's important to look at the number of visitors, not the number of views. So let's take your Etsy or um, behind the scenes dashboard stats, whatever you're using, Google Analytics, WordPress, Um, Shopify I'm assuming has the same sort of thing so you need to go in and pick a time period I would advise no less than a month and look at your conversions so look at how many people are visiting so numerically how many people have visited in that time frame and then look at how many sales so not, not how many items but how many people bought from you so how many sales did you make um And it's important to get these numbers right because if you use like views and number of items sold, if you have a shop where people uh, tend to buy multiple items, it's going to skew the data. So you need visitors and you need um, sales. So there's a 
pretty simple calculation to do to work this out. You take the number of sales divided by the number of visitors and then multiply by 100 to get a percentage. So I'll repeat that. Number of sales divided by the number of visitors times it by 100 to get your conversion rate. So that conversion rate is the number we're looking at today. Okay, so generally speaking, a conversion rate of around 1% to 2% is pretty normal. So if you're getting that sort of conversion rate, you're actually doing pretty well. You're doing okay. Anything over um, 2% is good. Um, and anything, you know, up to sort of 4 or 5% is really good. So I think this is an important thing to know for people who are just, especially people who are just starting out. They sort of like, oh, I've, I've had, you know, 100 views and no sales. That's pretty normal. I've had a thousand views and a couple of sales. Again, that's pretty normal. So you've got to remember that it seems really low. <laughs> it can seem really low. So do the calculation and then have a look at the number you get. So if it's less than 2%, it might be something that you'd like to work on because you're getting the traffic. They're just not converting. They're not going from being a interested browser to being an actual buyer of your work so I've got eight steps here or eight reasons that your traffic might not be converting into sales so by looking at these eight elements it might help you to tweak and improve things to the point where you don't have to be bringing in more traffic to get more sales you're just doing a better um, a better job of converting the people who are coming to your shop into buying customers so number one and the, by the way, these tips are specifically for handmade businesses, but they pretty much apply to any sort of online business. So number one is bad photography. <laughs> this is a big one. Um, you know, if people are using search engine, so SEO, to find you. So they're using words and you've done a really good job with your SEO. So you're bringing people in. But then when they arrive in your shop, the photos are just blur or meh uh, or frankly completely off-putting and I've seen too many shops to count with that have actual photos that are actually off-putting they're too dark they're blurry they don't show the item properly they're just really um, poorly um, organized you know they just look very amateurish and hey we all started there I know I did my probably first two years maybe year or two of photos were awful uh, if you don't believe me, go to my Etsy shop, go to right at the end of my sold items and see the photos that I used right at the beginning. Not impressive at all. So if that's you and your photos are not good, there is hope and you can learn and you can take better photos. In fact, listen to the last episode, episode 170, where I talk to uh, an expert with of smartphones phone photography so she teaches you exactly how to use your smartphone to take awesome photos and if you want more I have a guide for that the create and thrive guide to product photography is over on the website it's written by a professional photographer specifically for beginner and intermediate product photographers like you handmade product photographers so I commissioned him to write it for handmade handmakers so it takes you through everything you need to learn and know about taking stellar product 
photos and that's over on my website createandthrive.com just click on the shop link and check out the create and thrive guide to product photography and those resources will help you um there are some previous podcast episodes as well on photography so go have a browse for those number two descriptions that lack crucial detail so maybe your photos are beautiful but someone clicks on it and they get a description that's like two sentences long and when that happens they have questions that you aren't answering so the most important thing to remember here is to answer common questions and common objections in your description so if someone say i sell rings you know how do i pick my size i have an answer for that in my description a li- well a link that answers it because if i tried to write the entire answer in there it'd be ridiculously long so i have an answer on my website and i put a link to that in my description so people can go check it out and they do because i've had many people mention um, message me and say thank you so much you know i figured it out using your guide here's my size uh, so answer common questions that they might have and common objections are there any reasons why they might go oh no this isn't quite right or oh no i don't really need this thing no no you know answer those objections in the description basically the idea of a description is to not only describe the features of something but the benefits as well why people care why why should someone care about your product why is it going to make a difference in their lives why will they love it basically and include that in the description as well and if you're not doing that you'll find a lot of people just click away because they're People don't have the attention spans they used to. Uh, I cannot tell you how many people have bought from me and not actually read the full description. And then, you know, they've asked me a question that I have answered already in the description, but they haven't actually read it. But at least if it's there, it's more likely that the people who do read the full description are going to get the answer and end up buying from you because they don't have to contact you to answer the question. Because a lot of people won't even bother. They'll just go somewhere else uh, and buy from someone who does answer their questions. Number three, an overly complex checkout process. So I recently, last year, uh, changed my shopping cart software on my own website, afurial.com, because the old one, I wasn't happy with the the checkout process. A lot of people were finding it confusing, uh, like there was an element where people would have to leave me, you know, their ring size or a comment about their order, and people kept missing it because it was... It was there, but it was people's eyes would gloss over it because it wasn't well designed, and it was just causing my pro- more problems. And I didn't know how many people. Well, I did know because I could look at my abandoned carts. <laughs> uh, how many people were putting stuff in their cart but then not actually finishing checkout? So, if you have uh, the ability to look at abandoned carts, do check that out. See if there's something there you can change. Now, I know this is going to be. Um, dependent on your venue so you know if you sell on etsy there's nothing you can do about this really uh there are some elements you know you can you can change variations or add personalization and stuff like that so it's a requirement of checkout now so people put that stuff in rather than you know just letting them check out and expecting them to tell you in the description or the sorry the message to sell or what they want you can actually add a, a personalization option now which is awesome but if you're on a particular platform that doesn't really allow you to do anything with your checkout, you just need to know that it works well and that people are going to be able to comfortably go through the checkout process and complete it without issues. Um, number four, again, this is dependent on your venue. 
uh, your website is difficult to navigate or poorly designed. So if it isn't clear how to navigate, if it isn't clear what you sell, <laughs> uh, if the colors are wrong or grating, if there's you know too much going on or not enough going on, like you know there's endless ways that we can get our website design wrong uh, and endless ways we can improve it. And there's always you know navigation pathways that we need to think about that our customers are going to take. So make sure if you have you know uh, a menu that you can control on your website, make sure it's logical. You know that the top level has uh, you know your shop, a link to your shop, a link to your contact page, about you, all that sort of stuff. Um, I think my contact page is actually under my about. That makes sense, though it's logical. So think about that. Make sure that people can easily navigate your website and they're not going to be distracted or taken off on a tangent that's going to prevent them from actually buying from you because that is what that's what you want them to do, right? You want them to buy from you. So don't don't overwhelm them with way too much pretty frou-frou stuff or don't overwhelm them with too much detail. Make sure that you're consistently encouraging them to go and buy the thing <laughs> you know make sure that you give them plenty of opportunities to click through to your shop so if i if i think about my ethereal homepage, um there's the initial banner and then almost straight away there's like links to items products then there's like links to categories then there's a bit uh, where I have like a link to my how to figure out your ring size, my blog, stuff like that. Then again, right at the bottom is a shop, literally a shop now button. The last thing I'll see on the page, like, don't forget, that's why you're here. <laughs> Go to the shop now. So I've seen a lot of websites where I'm like, okay, you've shown me a picture of what you make and you've told me who you are, but how the heck do I actually buy this stuff from you? Where's the link to the shop? Like don't hide it under a bushel people make the shop link obvious and make it easy to find and get to. So remember that a good thing to do here is if you've never done it before and I teach, this is one of the things I teach in my setup shop course is actually go sit down with someone who's not familiar with your website who maybe has never gone there before and actually sit next to them and watch them as they navigate your site. Like, what do they do? Where do they click? Do they have questions like, where is this? Or how do I find that? That stuff's really useful because you can solve those problems for people who are going to be encountering the same issues. And why this is important is because of people like, you know, there's endless amounts of websites out there. And if people get to your site and it's too hard, to figure out what to do or how to buy from you they will leave and they'll go find someone else who's made it easy for them so you're getting the traffic you're not getting the conversion uh, number five lack of trust so this is why i always say something like etsy is really useful because selling on like something like etsy versus your own standalone website especially for a new customer they might be more comfortable buying on a venue like Etsy because they know there's some recourse for support that's outside of you. So they know that there's, you know, a big corporation there who they can appeal to if something goes wrong. Um, it's also more likely someone like Etsy has a really good review system as in really good as in it's easy for them to see reviews. <laughs> and I won't go into the issues with the review system on Etsy, but you know, um, it's good for the customer. So 
that sort of thing is really really important you know have photos of your work if you're comfortable with it have photos of you have photos of you doing your work please have your name on there your first name should definitely be on there if for some reason you're hiding your identity uh you know you can just use your first name but i would really encourage you if you if you're a serious business person put your full name there you're you're a real person people trust real people <laughs> they don't trust um anonymous people quite so much so you know think about if you are hiding your identity think about why that is um you know and there might be absolutely perfectly legitimate reasons for that it's like authors who have a pseudonym right but they have a pseudonym so they have a name um and some sort of personality there so you know it's not absolutely required but i think it's better business to have your real name and face there representing the business because it helps build trust people like oh you're a real person i can talk to you i can build a relationship with you i can trust you so make sure that you're building trust if you have no reviews of your site you're going to struggle to get initial sales don't hesitate to ask friends and family to buy from you and leave reviews there's nothing wrong with that as long as they're honest reviews um so you know leverage that what you have to build up some social proof and some social capital there uh, another thing is you know if you have a e-commerce site you need to have um, https security rather than just http so people can log out security and stuff like that uh, so that's another important thing and that's something that's easily obtained from your web host number six you aren't marketing to the right people so you might be getting a lot of traffic but they're not going to ever convert into, you know, buyers. This is something that happens sometimes when people get caught up in like the maybe the, the story or the lifestyle or elements of their business that aren't necessarily going to attract customers to them. So think about, you know, who you're attracting with your photography, your descriptions, your messaging, your marketing, who are you attracting? Are you attracting the right people? You know, say you are making high-end artisan jewelry that's worth hundreds of dollars. You do not want to be marketing to teenagers. They don't have that sort of money <laughs> to be spending. You need to be marketing to, generally speaking, older women or older men who are buying for women. Um, so think about that. Think about who has, who is the right fit for your product. How can you talk to them, speak to them, and reach out to them? So if you're having a mismatch between your ideal customer and the people actually finding your shop, you've kind of got two options. You can change your products to fit the people who are actually coming to your shop, or you can change your marketing to bring the people who will fit your products to your shop, and that will increase your conversions. Number seven, a mismatch between price and perceived value. So if you're, again, this is can be to do with your ideal customer, but it can also be to do usually with you underpricing. It's a huge problem in our industry is people underpricing themselves. So if you are um, bringing the right people in, but your prices are too, actually too low, a lot of people won't buy because they'll question the quality of it vice versa uh, if the prices are too high they won't buy because they can get a better bargain elsewhere 
So you've got to make sure that your pricing matches the perceived value of your item in the um, in the eyes of your ideal customer not necessarily in your eyes because you know how much it cost to make it in other words you know how much the materials cost you know how long it took you that can often lead you to underpricing and if that's the case then you are going to be losing customers i know it sounds paradoxical <laughs> but it's true the amount of times i've heard people say i put my prices up you know 10% and I started getting more sales yeah there's that you know there's that bargain mentality that if you see something in a $2 store you're going to think it's bad quality right because it can't be good quality because it's too cheap conversely if you go into a fancy department store you, your brain is probably going to assume that everything in there is good quality now we all know that's not necessarily 100% true because a lot of that stuff's probably made in the same factory in China. But there is sometimes an element of truth to it. Uh, and that's how we have been taught in a capitalist society to think about things. So remember that. Think about your price. Think about your perceived value. And make sure the two are in alignment. Now, something that's not necessarily a very good idea to hear, do here is put an item in a Facebook group and say, how much would you pay for this? Because you're going to get... A wide range of uh, answers and it's probably not going to help you solve your problem so the best thing to do is to do this do the maths you know work out a good price that includes profit and then think about who you want your customer to be how much money they are going to be willing to spend on this thing and adjust accordingly it's an it's a science but it's also an art pricing is an art and you probably won't get it right first off you might not even get it right the fifth time you do it but you'll get better and you'll keep getting closer and closer to the right amount uh, number eight is choice paralysis so maybe you have um, an item in your shop and you offer different colors and different finishes and different sizes all in the one listing people will get stuck because they'll be like oh i don't know what size color Ooh, this one this one. and they'll just go around in circles and eventually give up because they can't make a choice because there's too many options <laughs> uh, this is why it's nice to do something like if you have variations say you have variations in color list them as separate things because then people see them and are attracted to the one that's already the right color then they'll go into the one that's already the right color and then you can let them choose the size right or choose the finish or whatever it might be so try to reduce choice paralysis for people don't give them too many options that will end up in them not making a decision at all and just disappearing from your shop like one thing that uh this has happened to me before personally uh i like to buy candles and soaps handmade soaps and candles and i remember this one shop i can't remember who it was and I wouldn't say who it was even if I did know but I went in there and for every like size or whatever there was like I don't know, there was so many options like so many fragrance options in the drop down thing and I was just like I can whoa this is just too many choices here <laughs> I just I can't decide it's stressful so I didn't end up buying from them whereas if they'd you know split them out into separate listings I could have kind of looked at it on a bigger picture scale and maybe picked the ones and they should probably have not you know just because you have all of these options doesn't mean you should make them all available is what i'm saying you might want to make them a route available on a rotating basis something like fragrance right 
rotate through the seasons or something so that people um, have a chance to see new stuff on a regular basis even if you 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 don't come up with new new fragrances say you've got 50 different ones have 15 in your shop at once and then each each season you can reintroduce the favorites again like don't i hear coffee shops you know have like seasonal coffees and stuff like that it's the same sort of thing right so you're bringing something in on a seasonal basis so think about that as an option and make sure you're not overwhelming people with too many options that just make them click away so there you have it eight reasons why potentially your traffic isn't converting into sales there's lots of uh, food for thought there lots of potential options and things that you can change for those of you in the thriver circle i'd love to hear your experience with this come and share us uh, share that with us in the facebook group if you're not in the thriver circle membership is currently closed but it will be open again at the beginning of march so if you're interested in joining my membership community for makers you can head on over to thrivercircle.com and find out more about all of the benefits of being part of that community of frankly pretty awesome people thank you so much for listening i really really appreciate you spending the time uh, with me here today if you enjoyed this episode i would love it love it if you would take a screenshot of this episode of you listening and post it on your instagram stories and tag me at create and thrive so you know just take a screenshot of the episode up on your screen pop it in your stories, tag me at Create and Thrive. I would love to hear from you. And I sometimes reshare stories on my stories as well. So I'd love to uh, get to know you on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. I'll be back again next week with another episode of the Create and Thrive podcast. And goodbye for now.